From ThatShelf.com, this is Black Hole Films. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. What's a black hole film, you ask? Well, you know those films you always meant to get around to watching, but you never did for whatever reason? Well, that's what they are. And this podcast is all about embracing them and checking those films off our lists and talking about them and whatever else happens to come up. I'm Canadian filmmaker Jeremy Lalonde, and I will be your host. You can follow me on Twitter at LalondeJeremy, or check out my website, JeremyLalonde.com, for more information on me and my projects. If you like the show, please subscribe to it, rate, review it, and leave a comment on whatever platform it is you're listening. It really does make a difference in helping to get more ears tuning in. And if you like this show, check out the others on the ThatShelf.com family of podcasts. And without further delay, let's get into this week's film. This is episode 136, and today I'm joined by filmmaker Justin McConnell, whose recent film Life Changer is available in many different platforms. It it won a shit ton of awards and played so many festivals. Check it out. As well as his lady, Ashley Saunders. And last but not least, Daniel Grant, a fellow podcaster here on That Shelf. He, uh, he's responsible for such a wonderful podcast as Spoiled Rotten and Movies vs. Matrimony. And we're going to sit down and watch a film together. Alright, so we're sitting down to watch Spirited Away. I'm Jeremy. I've never seen this film. I'm Daniel. I've never seen this film. I'm Justin McConnell. I think I've seen it, but I can't remember it. Uh, <laughs> I, I saw it in the early 2000s. But I, I might have it mixed up with Princess Mononoke or any number of other Ghibli films because I'm a big fan of Studio Ghibli. Yeah. And uh, I just rebought the Blu-ray, which we brought here recently, so I don't remember. I'll know <laughs> soon. Yeah. Uh, my name's Ashley, and I have not seen any Studio Ghibli work, as far as I know, other so, uh, than except, the orchestra. <laughs> except we, we were in Montreal last month, and we saw all the Ghibli theme songs played by a, like a 43-piece orchestra or something like that. And no actual Ghibli footage. No actual Ghibli footage, because they couldn't afford it, so it was like clip art representing Ghibli. Right. Ghibli. So, uh, yeah, she's heard all the music. She's heard the music. Yeah. I think you'll be okay with that. <laughs> What's funny, Daniel and I tried to do this a little while back, yeah. but we couldn't find a copy of the goddamn thing online. And I knew that I could probably go to a store and, or order it, mm-hmm. but I was just looking for like a, a legal download that I could do. And the only thing we could think of is that it's going to be out on Disney Plus. Well, Disney yeah. has the North American rights. Yeah, right? and so, so they're yeah. holding on to it for online until November when Disney Plus comes. We'll out. see what happens. <laughs> yeah, I imagine it'll be part of their. I can't imagine yeah. why they wouldn't if they had it in their library. Why it wouldn't appear digitally that way? I'm sure it it will in some way. Like, yeah. there's a lot of films there. Um, but you never know what the rights contracts are with the studio or not. Like, they have North America, but are they allowed to do it without permission from the studio, Gib? Yeah, but, exactly. Um, but question, how are we planning to watch this? Are we going to watch it in Japanese language with subtitles the way it's meant to be, or are we going to watch the dub track? Oh, I pre- I mean, we can have a debate over it. I'd prefer to watch it with the subtitles than the original language. I would, too. Uh, you good with that? She gave a thumbs up. <laughs> okay, cool. Good. Good I'll stuff. go with the, I I do generally like to watch the dub just because I feel like I can forget about trying to read and oh because kind of like the visuals and stuff that it makes sense yeah uh, like I, as, but I will go with the majority I don't have a problem I, they with do the, have a good voice cast but I was I watched Princess Mononoke about three weeks ago for the first time in fifteen years and as I was watching and I get the Japanese I just switched over to the dub briefly to just be like I wonder if this is like like just doesn't feel the same it's not it doesn't. Anyway. The voice cast wasn't that good? No, it was like Gillian Anderson. It was a good cast, but it was right. like, it just, it didn't feel right. It, it just felt off. Well, probably because the, li- the lips aren't matching up either, yeah, right? Yeah, that and just, it, it I don't it know if it was the inflection. It just didn't feel right to the tone of the movie. So why don't we do this? Why don't we do a similar thing? Well, we'll, we'll start off, and if anyone's like, this is fucking me up. And we'll yeah. sw- maybe we'll switch over to the dub. Okay, we can do that. Sounds good. Yeah, that's yeah. good. Yeah, I mean, I'm fine to just go with subtitles. Okay, okay. I don't know. Cool. I'm, I'm into sub- I, I Yeah, I don't mind. I'm used to watching it that way. Like, yeah. I, for a live action film, I will not. I don't watch the dub. No, no absolutely not. Yeah, um, no, not live action. And the, you, these are visually driven enough that there's actually not a shit ton of dialogue. Oh, I, by the way, sorry. This is a we're, we're doing something that children could listen to too. I'm sure they won't. But should we swear? Or should I we think not? it's okay. okay. I, 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 there's a whole bunch of kids that listen to this, this podcast. Except for my son, and my yeah. son has heard <laughs> language out of me. Okay. Uh, question: As a filmmaker, yeah, have you had any of your films dubbed? Yes. And have you li- watched them? 
A little, yeah, and it's really weird. Oh, it's yeah. weird, first of all. Yeah. The only one, I haven't checked out the Orgy one, yep. but my first film that got dubbed was Sex After Kids, and uh, and when I watched, it was like a German dub. That, my, yeah, German. That yeah. Was, yeah, and oh my God, like just listening yeah. to it, it's like, first of all, they just had one male actor and one female actor doing every <laughs> single part, and just like, and I don't understand, you know, I can't I speak German. But all I could picture was based on, like, the quality of effort they are putting into the yeah. read. That it felt yeah, like they like... grabbed two people off the street <laughs> and put them in the back of a van. Yeah. And were like, just read these words. <laughs> it felt like they put, had zero prep. And this was, like, the eighth movie they'd done that day. Yeah, and I've been dubbed into Chinese. All my films have been dubbed into Chinese, too, which was odd. Because usually they subtitle. But this particular company dubbed, and it was very weird. Yeah. Uh, and in Poland, they don't dub. They just have a secondary language track over top of your English track talking like a commentary. It's oh. very weird. Oh, I have a Polish DVD of my movie downstairs. Yeah. I should pop it in. Yeah, it's super strange. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because actually, uh, How to Plan an Orgy was actually a, a minor hit in Poland. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. They played <laughs> on more screens there than they Wait, played... Wait, did you get that crazy? Because Polish poster art is like um, very abstract. Did you see Polish art? Well, I don't know. If it must have been done by the sales agent because the, yeah. the Polish art and our Mexican release art was the same oh okay so I think it was it was similar but yeah it played on more screens it played on like 85 screens in Poland nice. when it was released which blew my mind I was like that's more than any of my films will ever be released in Canada sadly <laughs> yeah that's true that's, well yeah it's 85 crazy. screens in Poland that's it's good. crazy that's pretty good uh, so I've also never seen any of the studio you know, Ghibli movies any? no I haven't which is bizarre because my brother-in-law lives in Japan and he sends us like Totoro stuff yeah and other toy like, we have like I Totoro. picked up a Totoro in Japan when I was there last we year we have Totoro towels we have uh, <laughs> uh, uh, plush toys the kids have when we went to, when I was just in Japan last March we went to Ghibli Studios which is really just a store yeah. to buy shit in <laughs> they call it Ghibli Studios but it's not like you're going on a tour of seeing a bunch of cool artwork and stuff you're just going to a big store. Yeah, you can see that theatrically right now because Cineplex is doing uh, Ghibli Fest, which is yeah, like, yeah. But I also, but I also knew I wanted to wait and save them for the podcast right. since uh-huh. I knew that I would eventually get around to watching them. Well, when you get back to like Nausicaa, Valley of the Wind, or uh, any of the dark, just any of the dark ones, yeah, that's a great one. Um, or Howl's Moving Castle, which is awesome. Uh, I'm totally in. Yeah. Even though I've seen them, that's the problem, though, with this podcast. I've that's okay. Them, but know, we okay. just need to... If I haven't seen them, or we find one more person. Okay, you're right. Uh, it's, it's strangely, sadly, not that hard to find people who haven't seen, like, big, even classic movies. I kind of... I try to collect them. I have mm-hmm. someone that hasn't seen Back to the Future that I'm just waiting for oh, a wow. time where we can watch all three. I feel like that's a diminished returns kind of situation. Oh, it but, certainly is. By the time you get to the third, you're just like... We should have finished after the first one. Have you seen the Back to the Futures? I've seen the first one. Okay. Well, I, actually, two is pretty fun. And yeah. Three oh, is two all... I really enjoy. Yeah, yeah. I love two was my favorite as a kid because mm-hmm. I like the darkness of it. But yeah. when I rewatch it now, I'm like, yeah, there's a lot of problems with. Uh, <laughs> there's a great podcast about time travel movies that deconstructs the Back to the Future movies in a way that I've never considered them. Mm-hmm. And uh, I wish I could... Uh, I'll look it up in between now and then, and I'll, 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 I'll name drop it no, Yeah, I, I heard that podcast five years from now. But it's great. Sort of and it's not five years from now. No, it's a different one. I, no, I was making an awful time travel oh, okay. joke. okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but I'll look, I'll, I'll look it up after. Uh, <laughs> she has to hear this all the time. <laughs> or at least on weekends. Uh, so, so, what do you, so, Ashley, what do you know about this movie? Nothing. Nothing. That I've probably heard some of the music from it. Do you so maybe some of the music? And Daniel, what do you know? I I know nothing. I know there's a horse. I think. Really? Uh, I think it's like a <laughs> flying dragon thing, like a. Oh. I'm sure there's de- there's definitely going to be horses in it, oh, but like uh, but there's definitely like a, 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 a I don't want I don't I don't know what the right phrasing to use is, but a dragon, a, fl- type. a flying type creature, yeah, okay. a long flying serpent like dragon. Oh, thing. so maybe is there another. There's horses and other things. There's horses in it, probably, but not... I thought it was, like, specifically about a horse. No, it's definitely not about a horse. I, mean, I know I, I know nothing. some dark fan theories that I was reading recently, but we can get into those in the after discussion. Oh. Once I've seen the film, and I, if they hold water at all, because I haven't... If I've seen it, it was, like, the year 2000, and I don't remember a thing. Remember I remember... It, yeah, it came out when I was, like, in film school, because I remember... I definitely it was, remember what did, it, did it win the Oscar? 
It won. Um, no, I think Mononoke won some Oscar. I, I don't know. Yeah, I feel like this Something one won like, best. Won best, best an- animated, and yeah. it was the first time that out since they had given the best animated category. I think that, we might like, want to open had Google once the movie's over just to double check. <laughs> but I think it's yeah. entirely possible. I feel. I feel like yeah. remembering it was the first time that like Disney or one of the big yeah. studio American studios had didn't win. Right. It was like an upset in a weird way. <laughs> and then they bought it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And they're like, fuck it. We, I mean, that's a you set, can't right? beat them, buy them. Yeah. <laughs> Which is actually the Disney philosophy. Yep. Yeah. That's yeah. not a bad philosophy. They're yeah. doing well with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're, they're going to have a future of those guys. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So uh, since we all know fuck all and, and Justin's not even sure if you've seen the movie, I, <laughs> I think this is a really great time to, to dive in. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. And we just finished. And first of all, Justin, had you seen it before? Nope. Really? <laughs> but you <laughs> knew about the dragon. I well, I, yeah, I, I've seen like clips, uh, okay. and I, I thought I rented it when I was younger, like around two thousand. Yeah, thought I had, but then it started, and I went. I would have remembered this. I know I would have remembered it at least something. That's <laughs> I mean, a hard movie to watch and not remember that you'd seen. You yeah, think. exactly. Yeah. Um, I I definitely saw Princess Mononoke when I was younger, um, and um, uh, the other one. What the hell was it called? Anyway, I I saw a bunch of those, and then as I got older, I, I you know I watched Nausicaa and uh, Howl's Moving Castle and My Neighbor Totoro and the, uh, the Lightbox, the Tiff Lightbox, yeah. had like a series, and I, yeah. I went to a lot of them. But that is one that eluded me until right now. And, uh, <laughs> wow. Which is fu- funny because yeah. it's probably, of the, all of those, and I know those are all classics, mm-hmm. but it's like, this one's the one that won the Oscar, so it's like, this is definitely his most celebrated work. So it's yep. interesting that that's the one that somehow slipped by you. Yeah, it's, uh, well, it's it's almost like, oh, I've seen that. And, yeah. yeah and, but nope, I have not, right. I've definitely never seen it. <laughs> so let's go around the room. So Ashley, what did you think? With a lot of visual stimulus. Um, I personally found it a little bit hard to follow because I was really distracted by the visuals and therefore I wasn't reading the subtitles fast enough. Yeah. Uh, It was enjoyable and it was cute, but I found myself confused. And you fell asleep a few times. I definitely did not fall asleep a few times. My eyes glazed over because I was trying to read the (laughs) subtitles at the bottom of the screen. Funny story, though, the black and white giant character... No face? Thank you, no face. Um, When I used to work at a 3D printing place, somebody did that costume for Halloween one year, and I had no idea what it was until right now. (laughs) That's kind of lovely when when little pop culture things that stick out to you go... Like, those three green heads, I've seen those before. Well, even just... Having been through Studio Ghibli and, like, their Mm -hmm. store, I'm like, oh, my God, this, this, like, uh, Yabaga... Yubaga? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yubaga? And Zelida or whatever. Um, the, the witches, yeah. yeah. The witches, they definitely had uh, uh, those statues. And I remember, it's funny, because I remember, I'm like, oh, there's two of them when I went to the store. Like, they, they, was, they sold them as a mm-hmm. set. And I, and I didn't even think about the fact they're being, like, sisters or like that until uh, that came up in the movie. Do they so, look identical as the set? Or are there differences? Uh, I'd have to look at it again, right? I'm sure maybe there's one little one, but I'm Mm -hmm. pretty sure they're supposed to be identical, right? Yeah. Yeah. Except for their, I mean, Yubaga's hair changes as the movie goes throughout. Mm -hmm. But, uh... uh, Daniel, let's get to you for initial thoughts. Oh, I I liked it. Um, I didn't find it as distracting to read the... um, Subtitles? Subtitles. Because that, exactly what happened to you is what usually happens to me is that I'm like... Well, either I'm just going to look at the visuals or I'm going to read the subtitles. And this one I found, like, just because I felt the pressure was on because everyone else was okay with it. I was like, all right, I guess I'm just going to have to try and do both. Do you? <laughs> so um, I kind of read when it made sense for me. And then otherwise I was truly enjoying the visuals and the music. Yeah, I mean, and, it's, and when you get, like, a movie that's done by, like, a storytelling master, it's like the visuals often are enough to, to, to flow you along. And I, I mean, I watch so many subtitled movies that... I find I can just quick... Your brain fills in so many details of... Uh, like you, have you ever done those tests online where they... The, right. They have those, like, paragraphs, 
and the and all the letters are in the word, but the it's basically the first letter of the word and the last letter mm-hmm. of the word there, and then the rest and you are mixed fill in up. The gaps, yeah. You fill in the gaps, and I find it's like subtitles can work the same way. If you just kind of quick study, your brain will help fill it in. I will say the only time I wish we were watching the dub was when this what they think is the stink monster comes in, and the subtitles decided to there just use different spelling for things, and I was like. I bet this would be good if we could just hear the English actors do whatever these subtitles are trying to like mimic by misspelling like "What are you waiting for?" and stuff. Well, like I that. think it's because their their noses weren't like. Well, that's what I'm saying. I just would have liked to hear it as opposed yeah, yeah. to read and be like, "Why would they do that?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. I will say though, actually, like, I, I'm you know, I think it's. It's not a movie that's just like a clear, straightforward movie. So being confused yeah. by it, I think, is probably like, there's a yeah. lot. There's well, a lot to unpack in that movie. It plays on dream logic a lot. I think. Well, that's just it. it. It's yeah. like there's no real rules to the world. It's like well, they say there are, but they you say never there really are, but you never really understand what they are. Like when mm-hmm. she's like, I know what the rule is. She told him, I'm like, when the fuck did that happen? Yeah. I don't remember hearing a rule. Maybe she read it in the contract that we when we were, but we were not privy to it. That I. I guess the idea was just she's going to test you, and if you win, or if you get it right, you you win. Yeah, that's yeah, what I, I mean. Because that seems like that's what happened. But yeah, when she was like, he told me, I was like, did he? Or is she just messing with her? Yeah. It feels it feels like almost like a metaphorical coming-of-age story. To oh, for sure. Like, it's... it's Like, you see the influences. For me, it's like there's there's a bit of labyrinth in there. Mm-hmm. There's uh, some del Toro in in the sense yeah. that it's like a f- like dark, dark stuff. yeah, it's a very dark fairy tale. Uh, what else? There's Wizard of Oz yeah. for sure. Yeah. You know, it's all those like you know, little girl or just you know, young person on a on a journey where they have to like lose their innocence. And I, I honestly thought this was going to be a movie about her realizing she's dead. It uh, did not go there at all. Like especially when they kept showing her like. The water and everything, and the guy's the like, oh, no, yeah, it just seems like spirited away, and I kind of just assumed there was the idea of like you mean that shepherding like well. dead people in, and then I thought like, she was gonna be it was gonna be one of those, oh, and she's been dead the whole time. Well, yeah. The idea that she drowned in the lake or, or in the river yeah. early on, or oh, that'd like, be amazing. Yeah, but uh, I still enjoyed what see, I got, but I was like, oh, so they're just not going. It's there. interesting though because but the actual time passed, right? So although the whole thing is sort of dream logic, and it could be a metaphorical thing. When they get to their car, there's yeah, leaves yeah. on it. And it's full of and dust. And stuff like grew so on it. There was actually a, a long time passage there. So it's not really a dream. No, no it's not. whatever happened happened to some degree. Like they were taken out of the whatever living metaphysical, yeah. like and brought into this metaphysical. I was world. then hoping we get to their house and it'd be like it's just gone and there's like <laughs> it's been sold to another yeah. family. Yeah, 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 like yeah, that. yeah. They think um, they're all dead. Yeah, I don't know. It was like a living Salvador Dali painting at times. It was. It was just mm. like, like, like absolutely. <laughs> like, and they're just weird stuff. Yeah. And in terms of, well, first of all, I guess if I'm if I have a complaint about the movie, it's just in terms of like being this fairy tale and being this kind of like thing. I guess the thing that bothered me is usually we get these stories, and even like when you go back as far as the Wizard of Oz, you get like you know Dorothy's. You know, complaining that home isn't great, or we have to leave home. And you know, in the metaphor, the 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 story she learned, or mm-hmm. what she watched, where there is no place like home, and home is fine. Mm-hmm. But it's like for here, it's just like it doesn't feel like. And you get you know in labyrinth, Jennifer Connelly complains of the baby, and it's like I wish you were gone. She makes a wish, she makes a bad choice. But it's here, it's like, um, Chihiro. Yeah, yeah Chihiro. Chihiro doesn't really do anything that warrants what happens to her. And also, uh, I feel like she would be happier back in that world. Like she seemed like she was, doing, like she just seemed like she was complaining like, with her parents. I think, yeah, yeah. I think you might be onto something there. Oh, she did complain that yeah. she didn't. She was being taken away from her old home. Exactly. Um, yeah, but they're still going to the new home. But I think there might be something in Japanese culture we're overlooking, though, in that you are expected to. Um, file in and be like you serve your parents you serve the society you don't complain and that whole structure was like she's put into a job right away she's put under a contract and then she has to work and And she's not allowed to complain she's not allowed to complain so and then gradually as the film goes on she gets her autonomy so I think there's something that said she did that job like what for like 10 minutes yeah whatever it was it was just cleaning floors Mm -hmm. she and because I didn't even really know what her job was she just I'll give you the worst job there was like five other people that had that job Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah because what you're saying um, I would like to look into that because I was like I think you're right I feel like once she leaves once she leaves there though like 
She just has to fall back in line with her parents. Yeah. It seems like she was like doing her own thing within. That yeah, but I think new maybe she, she's internally has a, a sort of. Um, she's less new, of a klutz. Well, she's got a, a newfound personage. She's she's con- there's definitely that. Like she was like what I loved about her, like she stumbled around, she fell, she yeah. bonked her head into things, and then at the end she's just running down that hill. Yeah, the way she probably wouldn't have been still in the movie. with her arms up. Though. I yeah. found that like a weird visual. Just she's always running like yeah. that. <laughs> uh, that's probably just something to do with the animation stuff. Yeah. Silence is always golden it. for those. <laughs> no, it's it's, it's it's there's a lot to it, it's, but I did find like, like it's so interesting, like little just little stuff like the uh, bow character, um, the, ba- the big the big giant. I was confused for a bit. I was like, well, wait, is just, that actually the baby? It's not? such a weird relationship because it's like you is scared of it, mm-hmm. but then there's like the next scene we get it with it, like she's yelling at it and then clearly in control of it. So it's like, well, what is the rules for how Bo works? I found that most characters, other than Chihiro, most characters kind of have this weird, like, they can be like so angry at you one second and then like within the same thing be like, no, you're the best, I love you, don't, don't worry. Like, yeah, and that's and that's just where the dream log plays in, where it's just that there's no consistencies to like the characterizations of characters, like Yobaga seemed to be all powerful, but then she was scared of No Face, mm-hmm. and it's like, where did their power come from? Then all of a sudden, No Face just becomes like Zelinda's and she, sidekick at the end, and she also like uh, the Zelinda's sister Yobaba or whatever Yobaba, I yeah. don't remember her name. Uh, at one point, is pretty much just like, well, if someone asks for a job, I have to give it to him. So it's not. I mean, she's powerful in the sense that she can do these spells, but, but she's also, a, like, but she, she couldn't, yeah. like, she couldn't actually turn her away. Like, it's just the fact that she asked four times instead of three, that she's like, I guess, yeah, you, you've, you won again. Like, that's the rule. I have I, to give people jobs if they ask for them. I think there's a thread of loneliness and disaffectedness through all of the characters. And, and yeah. They're at their ugliest state when they're at their most demanding and most lonely, and then once they accept the people around them and, and everybody sort of bringing them uh, community and, and, you know, things that can heal them and, like, some kind of love, they start sort of accepting other people. Like, um, No Face, for example, comes in and starts devouring everything in this bathhouse. Yeah. Um, and, you know, demanding more and more and more until he's actually, like, absorbing people as well. And then someone shows him a little kindness instead of fear and he, he reverts back to this sort of, like, helper state. And uh, the baby was almost the same sort of way. The baby doesn't it doesn't want to go outside because the germs will heal them. Then once it gets out to the outside world, it, it's it's accepting of the idea that uh, okay, there's a big world out there, and I'm just going to take it easy now in life. Yeah, no, I love I like that interpretation. But the problem, but then the, like, the big baby, it's like it's scared of the of the blood on her hand. But then all of a sudden, it just comes back. It's like I'm not scared anymore. It's like, well, where did that happen? You just decided to suddenly go against this character trait that you just set up for us. Where again, it plays in the dream my logic. I didn't mind it. I liked the the weird randomness. It made me laugh. It just there was a lot of great stuff. I loved the way like the 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 rat version of Big Baby is just being brought along by the, and the then tiny did, bird yeah. bug thing. That's just like yeah, thinking about who didn't play. turn back. I you wanted know. an explanation for that because that. Bird initially looked like Yubab or whatever. Yubab is literally like second in command. And then, it's like a familiar. Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah. never turned back and didn't. She didn't really seem to interact with it. Well, they didn't want. Well, they when they go over to the Zelindas, they're like, she's like, oh, I can put you back in your regular state right yeah. now. They're like, no. Yeah. <laughs> we like, but then all of a sudden they were totally cool going back to it when they got back to Yubagas. Yeah. Or anyway, least, they were yeah. delightful when they with the, yeah. that new pair. They I were. Like the, yeah. yeah, I like them as a new pair. Yeah, they were just a great for a lot of quick little. Gags. I also love the little dust creatures. Yeah, yep. they were great. Yeah, they're so re- simple too. They're just like a ball with eyes and spikes. Yeah, and, like, and that, I think that was the perfect yeah. example of what you're talking about of like characters being like, "Oh, you're gonna be nice to me, all right, yeah, fine," yeah. and just accepting. That. But that was. Gr- but then they turned shitty because it's like all of a sudden it's like, wait a minute, if you do this, we don't have to carry these giant things yeah. anymore, and yeah. they all just let them fall on them. And that was really, in- that was really funny. That was the that first thing. big laugh of the movie. Yeah. Uh, but it's also and it, 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 it's an interesting like tonal study too because it starts off with, yeah this is very you know beautiful very artistic but you feel like you've got you know a traditional sense to it in terms of being a fairy tale and, and maybe a kids movie but it's not a kids movie really <laughs> not really no, no. Um, although my my kids, but that's a lot of Ghibli right is is it, it yeah it's it's dark but it's whimsical at the same time so I think kids can watch it. 
the same way they could watch the Monster Squad or like any any sort of yeah. My kids would love that movie. Yeah, if I showed it to them because mm-hmm. there's, no, there's nothing in there that would be harmful or offensive to them. No, I think if I saw that in a theater as a kid, the no face would scare me. Just the weird like. Uh. Uh, oh yeah, but I think that might scare me as a kid. But I, don't, I mean, probably not. Like by the time a lot of ten it. or twelve, a lot of Ghibli's got scary stuff in it, though. Like yeah, but they, then it all comes back around mm-hmm. at least, right? I think that, and, and also the character starts talking, even though it's doing mean things when it's talking. I feel yeah. like I'd feel better about being like, oh, okay, okay it can talk. <laughs> it just seemed like were scary. The witch. Every time the witches popped up on screen, I jumped a little bit. Oh. Like, I don't know what it was about them. Just. Uh, maybe their, I don't know if it was their design or the, the tone of voice or... I think when she realized that... Creepy. Yeah. They've got like a troll-like presence. Yeah, their head right? is yeah. way bigger than the rest of their body, right? Yeah, and like, they kind of move weird, too. Yeah. Like when she when she was running through the bathhouse, she kind of had like that weird yeah. movement to her. Also, she calls the witch grandma at the end, and the witch is oh, like, grandma. Thank you. And I, I don't know if... Like, it's called Spirited Away. They enter into a kind of spirit world. And well, you, I... And and there were, we're meant to believe that everything in that world used to be human or something at least like so, it could be the spirit of a frog the frog guy like it might not necessarily be a human like, yeah um, and there's all those like disaffected just empty souls walking around yeah. too and on the train there's all those disaffected like personalityless souls too so it's almost like there's different levels of I don't know enlightenment or there's I mean, a lot it's got to be a on. cultural thing I, like it's got to be something that. Uh, I, I'm sure somebody who, yeah, sure. who comes from a Japanese background and uh, you know is ingrained in that culture. There's probably a lot more meaning there than what we're picking up on. Yeah, but the granny thing really threw me off. Yeah, I was like, is she well, mocking could, her no, by calling her that, it or could is that actually like, be the spirit of her grandma? Is the thing like I, I don't know. But you'd think that because what's interesting because when you when you just like do the like the the Wizard of Oz comparison, yeah. by then it's like you know it's like just the people in her town. Yeah, it's all the people. Uh, yeah. You know the the. The scarecrow and the Tin Man—they're all like the farm hands, and then the the mm-hmm. evil woman is the and the cap the Mar- Professor Marvel is the Wizard of Oz. But it's like so it's like if they had had some kind of opening that set that up, where you got to see like a photo or something, or just like an essence of her grandmother. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the movie doesn't give you any of that, so it leaves you with all these little things to go. Oh, what's again the dreamlike logic, which doesn't bother me. I don't mind a movie that doesn't hand feed me everything. And there must be some sort of like shorthand for people to like know that that's a riff on something everyone else knows. Like in whatever culture would have been watching that. Yeah. Like I feel like because there's just a lot of it that felt like I was jumping in the middle of something as opposed to like, as you said, watching like this story actually unfold. Yeah, I think Jeff- like it, the way it even starts, I was kind of like, this isn't to my point. Well, it that- just even starts where I'm like. Why does she have the flower? Like, was that just really like a going away flower thing, like from her friends or like? Oh, just like, okay. Yeah, like it just starts and then like. Yeah, and then her dad went crazy driving up the hill. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's some cultural shorthands we're not catching. Well, that, yeah. that was this the father. It's like you're going through a, a wooded area that is clearly not like smooth surface, and you mm-hmm. speed up. Yeah. Whatever happens to you, you totally fucking deserve. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. We have four-wheel drive. It's okay. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, okay say that, to drive, yeah. like, very recklessly with my family through these woods that I've never been in. Yeah. What could go wrong? <laughs> and I love the the, uh, the boldness of it when they, when they show up in the, in the village that they think is, like, an abandoned... Uh, I think they just eat everything. I just love that they think it's an abandoned tourist oh, trap. Yeah. I have money and a credit card for all this fresh food in this abandoned town. Yeah. It must be safe to eat. Yeah. Well, no problem. You're, then they turn into pigs. Think you, guys, you guys are just making me realize that they probably should have known it wasn't safe. I was just like, obviously someone prepared this, like, mm-hmm. don't eat it. And you're making a good point. Like, it probably could have made them really sick if it didn't turn them into pigs. <laughs> yeah. It was a bad choice either way. Terrible but that, choice. That's standard too. It's like, don't take... It's like, that's just... Standard fairy tale stuff. It's like the gingerbread house, yeah. you know. And these, you don't touch stuff unless someone gives it to you. Yeah, I guess it was very. And even then, locks and the three bears and Hansel and Gretel. So like, so there's a whole like, lot of like fairy greed, tale. It's greed mentality too, though. Like, oh, I have, I have money, so I'm, I can do whatever I want. I'm invisible. And like, yeah. well, greed turns you into a pig. Yeah, literally. You can have whatever movie. you want now. 
I think Which, she kind of she kind of went through that phase as well. You were talking about it being a bit of a coming of age, and yeah. she kind of... I don't want to call her a spoiled brat, because she wasn't, but she's a little whiny at the beginning. And That's she okay. definitely came through and came came out the other side on top. Yeah, and you want that to happen. You do. You're, but it, you're rooting for her the whole time. And yeah. it's interesting that the movie has some things that are so literal, like the parents are greedy and literally turn into pigs. But then there's all this other stuff that's so... But I guess I think Justin, and you're right, and it's like I think there's a cultural divide that we're Well, even the whole thing, the bathhouse geisha thing, right? Like, the whole operation is a bathhouse for rich spirits and stuff like that to come in and be taken care of by, like, a servant class. So there's got to be some sort of commentary there on the... Because all the, like, the stink spirit and all that sort of thing, like, they're... And the, the big guy in the elevator, the big walrus dude in the elevator, they, like, they have to be representative of, of a certain type of um, less desirable rich person kind of thing that just sort of lords over the servant class and, the, like, people... There has to be something there that we're just not quite reading. Definitely, like, the weight thing. Like, I've, yeah. I've been to Japan a few times. I have, I have family that lives there. And it's, like, definitely you get this, like, the idea of, like, and it even boils down to, like, sumo wrestlers' idea mm-hmm. of, like, the bigger you are, the more you can afford to eat. Mm-hmm. It's like, but that's been around even in, you know, European culture, and that is, like, kings yeah. and all of these, that they're always, like, drawn as big, fat people because they don't have to... And, and being fat is somehow a sign of, like, prosperity. Fat bastard like, in Austin Powers. Yeah, because you're, <laughs> you're able to... Uh, yeah. I don't know that counts. You're, you're, yeah. because, but it just means it's a social status almost, and that it's like, I don't have to work... Mm-hmm. I don't have to, like, burn off all this excess stuff because I can just have people bring things to me. Mm-hmm. It's, like, seen as, like, a good, positive thing. Uh, and status. It's a weird status thing. Uh, I can't wait for the Disney live-action remake of this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was thinking about that the whole time. I'm like, when are they going to like, attempt but I'd to want, make this a live-action? But I'd want them oh to take advantage of the fact that they also own the Muppets and do some of that stuff with, like, yeah. real puppets and mm-hmm. real, like... Because you can just see that. Like, I, I, I was yeah. thinking that when the guy in the elevator, that giant, like, that, oh, looks, yeah. that looks like Sweetums. Like, a version of, like, a big Sweetums. Like, having <laughs> to have a person in a giant Muppet-type costume is what I wanted when I was watching that. I'm going, if they redo Spirited Away, please make it, like... <laughs> please make it, like, Dark Crystal... And, you know, just that, put it in that kind of tone for live action, and I am all fucking in. What's with no face when he swallows something? He takes their voice and personality. It, it's. I thought he was just the frog the whole time. No, because he he has a different voice. Uh, the, oh when, yeah, he's when got he, a really deep yeah, voice yeah. when he's like take the gold. Or yeah. whatever. I think this is the greed taking over. Mm. I don't know if it's he's taking on the if he's absorbing like anything from the person well, be, itself. Like he had like frog legs at one point, which he gets. I think that was just the, I think that was just the weight of yeah. like his body having to just dis- distribute itself. Mm. Fair enough. I I felt like. Again, I felt like that's I'm not, missing some information. No, but that's interesting though because I forgot I forgot that he swallowed the frog first until he threw mm-hmm. it up last. Yeah, and so that's interesting. And as soon as he throws it up, he goes back to his thing. because he's like, still like a yeah, frog you're probably thing right. Until he coughs. It. Well, it's almost. Like, I think that's probably right. Then, yeah, he was taking on different aspects of uh, whatever he absorbs. But we didn't really get a sense of who the besides the frog, like the physical characteristics. We didn't get a mm-hmm. sense of who those people were that he swallowed. So maybe they're yeah. just jerks. Yeah, because the frog it was. I'm assuming it's the same one from the beginning who first sniffs out yeah, Shigeru yeah. and is like, "No, you got a human. I, I can smell it." And then he has to put puts it like a weird head bubble on it and then disorients them. Yeah. So I guess you just have to assume he would be. They a dick. They, <laughs> they really quickly. Everyone else in this world really quickly decides that Haku and uh, Chin, 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 Chichiro yeah. are like in lovers. Love, yeah. yeah, like very. When really, this like, very young girl, like, yeah. and, and she doesn't bat an eye when people call her her boyfriend. She's like, "Yeah, I'm cool with that." But that's why I thought it was gonna be like she's already dead because they've spent all this time together, and everyone can be like, "Yeah, let's see your boyfriend." But if she really is only ten or twelve, and this guy's like, "Oh, I've lived for years," and I was, I'm like, "Well, weird. That, that whole flashback to her falling in the river, though, like he says, you fell into me. So is he the river, or yeah. is he like?" I think he's a real person. I got yeah. the sense that they, they met each other in, a, in like earlier in life, and then he got stuck in this world for a bit, mm. and now he'll be able to get free. We assume, perhaps, okay. or maybe he her. did. But drown. he's but he's dressed differently than her. Like I would even imagine that's probably like just different time period clothing. If we are like, if it is like, oh, I'm going back. To I think it's time. meant to be literal that they literally met in in the real world, mm. and he's been stuck here. 
for a bit. Or maybe it's a friend that she left but behind. They kept showing the visual of the dad pulling her out of the water. Well, and, but, him but when, and, him and when she's underwater, though, she's riding the dragon form. So it's hard to... Again, <laughs> there's a lot going on yeah. this for a first-time view. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it, this one takes some unpacking. What is it with every time I do one of these things? It's like, what the fuck was that? It's true. <laughs> you had to come on for an 80s comedy. Oh, no, we did do The Rocketeer, which was pretty straightforward. Yeah, The Rocketeer was... Yeah. That's a one-time view. You're like, now I got everything. Got everything <laughs> yeah, out of it. That was pretty straight. Yeah, uh, no, I, I liked it a lot. Um, I found it to be something that I'm probably going to revisit at some point, strictly on a visual level. I'd be curious to watch it with a dub, even though I think I if I rewatched it, dubs. I'd watch it with a dub. Yeah. I think you, for something like this, it's not quite as bad because yeah. it's not like because you can just the voice lip thing usually isn't as bad. And they mm. do things to cover people's mouths sometimes, like not well, like the spider guy, like his mouth is covered by a mustache, so like mm. any of his dialogue wouldn't matter. It, you know, it isn't necessarily that that bothers me with the dub. It's usually I find, especially with dubs of children voices. They were far too sing-song, even compared to the Japanese, so, so it, it ends up being like, it just takes me out of it, because it's just so high-pitched. It's the wrong tone. I just yeah. saw Valley of the Wind last week, yeah. the dub, and like even saying that like Shia LaBeouf is one of the main characters, like, yeah. I thought everyone did a great job, okay, other, than, cool. other than the fact that one of the main characters is Patrick Stewart, so you're kind of just like, this uh, character <laughs> is not drawn for Patrick Stewart, so like... <laughs> Us knowing Patrick Stewart and like like yeah, the yeah, visual yeah. with that—that's a little off-putting. But mm-hmm. everyone else is like really like they're in the groove. Like it actually feels like nice. they cared yeah. about what was happening. I think I'd, if I rewatch this, I'd watch it with both my kids. And my son would actually probably prefer to watch the subtitled version. Yeah, because uh, he's a little nerd that way. But my daughter wouldn't be able to keep up with it, and mm-hmm. I do not want to read a whole fucking movie to her. <laughs> yeah. Um, because she'll just be like, "What does that mean?" Well, she's getting. She's we start, don't know either. She's seven, so she her reading yeah. is okay, but she wouldn't be able to keep up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and then it'd be interesting just to get see what they think about it after, mm-hmm. because I think they'd laugh at all the stuff that we laughed at and yeah. thought it was hilarious. But they'd be there'd, there'd be a lot of interesting conversations we'd have after uh, after it, or they'd probably just take everything at face value. Or they'd probably unlock shit that we were yeah. like battling yeah, yeah, yeah. over. Yeah, they might be like, no, obviously they just That's, met uh, in real life and this. <laughs> yeah. they went swimming yeah. one day. Yeah, exactly. I, I, yeah, I don't know. I'm sure there's lots of other interpretations. And, uh, you know, I've read online that people think that the bathos is a metaphor for the brothel culture. Uh, but I don't think it goes oh. so far. Oh, yeah, well, some of your fan theories you're supposed to. That was the fan theory, is that the whole thing is a... Uh, I don't know. Just people online talking about how it, it's um, it, it's it's about a girl falling in with a sex trade essentially, but which is the dumbest thing. Now that I've seen it, is 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 the dumbest. You thing really before. you would have really have to believe yeah. that to like yeah. watch That'd the full a, movie and then still be like, no, nah, it's about the sex trade. Yeah, I like, mean, here's the thing. It's like if you want to like draw comparisons to anything you really want to, I'm sure you could like make a, a defensible argument for that. Sure. But I'm sure if you talk to the filmmaker, he'd be like, nah, yeah, no, that's, that wasn't my intention, but... Yeah, it's deconstruction uh, culture, right? That's, yeah, everybody can... coming out of film school now is, look, is looks at everything. They don't look at the story at face value. They're always looking for what's the subtext below the subtext. And you're like, just watch the fucking movie. <laughs> like, like, you can deconstruct... What's the Devin Townsend quote? You can deconstruct a cheeseburger to its source, but you'd be an idiot. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, it's just... It's a cheeseburger. Uh, but the, in the, with this one, there's uh, there's definitely a lot of subtext that I'm sure we're missing out on. Some of it we're picking up on, but I think that might be a step too far to say it's a metaphor for the sex yeah. trade. I'll yeah. be interested. Now that I've seen it, I can talk to my uh, my sister-in-law, who's Japanese, because mm-hmm. I'm sure she's seen this movie, uh, and just ask her about some of this stuff, just to unpack it myself. I'm, I'm really hoping now when Disney Plus launches that they have... They have one. the rest of the Miyazaki stuff? Yeah, because it's the... you know, it's, Or I'll just go out and This is the one of the more... Um, uh, what, uh, I've seen maybe eight of them at this point. This is one of the more um, metaphorical, more... Uh, the other ones are a lot more straightforward. Oh, okay. What I, I thought you were going to go the other way and be like, nah, this no, is no, the no. most uh, comprehensive one. No, no, this is, this is the probably the, the most dream logic one out of everything I've seen. Um, like, uh, Princess Mononoke is a pretty straightforward tale of the 
basically what's going on now, environment fighting back against industrialism. And yeah. it's, it's, it's pretty straightforward. Mm-hmm. Uh, my neighbor Totoro is kind of dream logic based, but it's also really kind of just, it's a straightforward story. Yeah, because um, this one, even, like, she doesn't really have a goal. Like, no. clearly, I'm like, she wants to get out and get home, but she's not in a rush, and she's kind of very okay with everything that's going on. She's like, yeah, I gotta get a job, I gotta do this. Because, yeah, she wants to save yeah. her parents, but then it changes to, no, now I have to save Dragon Boy. And no, then, but it isn't, like, in Labyrinth, it's like, you gotta get to the castle. Yeah, There's no, it's like, you gotta There's go no, see like, the wizard. There's no, like, I've gotta do this, mm-hmm. and then I have to go on all these little side adventures to get there. There isn't, like... There wasn't a path laid out. There wasn't a path laid out, which is kind of interesting, too, because I think they even talked to that at one point when she's at uh, Zelinda's place at the end. She's like... I think they have a conversation that kind of relates to that. The idea is, like, I can't help you. You have to figure it out yourself. Mm. Yeah, she's like, it's already in you if you've lived this already or something, which I didn't get, because I was like... Well, the whole thing might be in her, right? Like, the the whole thing... I mean, it's not all in her head because of the time passage at the end, but the... But in a way, it's yeah. almost like a meta version of all of those stories we're used to seeing, where it's like, we're used to that, where it's like, give the hero the goal, tell them what they have to achieve, mm-hmm. and then we watch. So it's almost like the movie's refusing to give us any of that. Yeah. And so it's almost upending those tropes that we're so used to. Uh, and that's, again, what makes it kind of, like you said, it's more of a, his artistic version of like a fairy tale than a straightforward thing that we're kind of used to that's probably more appetizing and accessible to like kids well, it's like it's like Boonwell made a Disney movie you know it, it, it's 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 so with a little bit of Dolly yeah a little well Dolly and Boonwell work together a lot right yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's that kind of um, approach to uh, I don't want to call it a children's story no I, I mean you you would probably benefit from maybe watching this high I mean I, I don't think it would hurt no, it wouldn't hurt. you probably make some connections that you yeah. might not otherwise. I'll have to test that theory. I'm sure this is a stoner <laughs> film well, for some people. I, I'd say any any Ghibli film can be a stoner film if you make it one. <laughs> but, I mean, the, the visuals alone in all these films are... And this is yeah. the original stuff, right? Like, they didn't, like, go touch it up or anything? Oh, no, well, no. This is, it's all hand-drawn, I, right? Okay. Yeah, because some of, like, some of just the way, like, they, when they're going through the flowers, or yeah, even yeah. when they're coming by, like, there's some really cool oh, shots and just, like, motion that mm-hmm. looks really cool. Um, yeah, I don't think they started doing any digital enhancements and just the backgrounds until more recently okay. um, with the wind rises and stuff. But even then, it, it still looks like cell animation. Cool. Um, yeah, I would say... Of the stuff I've seen, uh, Nausicaa is an absolute must. Howl's Moving Castle is really good. The One of the best I've seen isn't even a Miyazaki film, and I never want to watch it again because it depressed the hell out of me, uh, is Grave of the Fireflies, but it's a Ghibli film. Yeah. Um, that's it, what I thought this was. It, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah, that's Grave of the Fireflies. Yeah. <laughs> it is, it's like one of the most soul-crushing films I've seen in my life. It's animated. It's not for kids. Uh, it's basically about the firebombing of um, Nagasaki, what, a Japanese city, and it's about the aftermath of that and a brother trying to keep his sister alive as she slowly dies. And it's... <laughs> so I shouldn't watch that with my kids. No, I don't think so. But I, it's going to be on Disney Plus, right? But yeah, it will be. It is. It, no, it's. It's a. I, I think it's like I, I don't use the word masterpiece very often. I think it's a masterpiece, but I will never sit through it again. There's a lot of films like that yeah, where it's like, yeah. I that was a hard film for me. Yep. I loved it. I think it's amazing. I never want to watch it again or mm-hmm. need to watch it again. And I think that's fine. There's some movies that you just, you want to watch again for different reasons, but there's some that, or either you get through and you're like, I went through all the emotions I ever need to feel on that, yeah. and I don't need to... Like, go back uh, there. Gaspar Noe's are irreversible. I'll never sit through it again. Yeah, I think, it, I think it's incredible. Oh, same, yeah, same. Yeah, yeah. All of his stuff, I feel that way. Where I'm yeah. like, I will always watch one of his new films because well, I, find I saw it climax three times. But <laughs> anyway, that's like almost a joke into itself. Yeah, exactly. Was it one night? <laughs> no, I saw. Now you're just bragging. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> but I'm um, I saw it on big screen twice. Anyway. Sorry, the, yeah, I saw it. Was is it love? What's yeah, the love. One? Yeah, love. I saw that at the Whistler no, Film Festival. No, is it love? Fontre- no, love's Gaspar Noe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I saw that at the film festival with a full audience, and yeah. that's an interesting movie to watch in a giant crowd that mm-hmm. has never seen it before. <laughs> uh, Especially people who aren't familiar. Well, I like that too. I love. I mean, I don't know how we got to Noe from Miyazaki, but um, I, <laughs> I do love the idea of watching something like this or with a, an audience that isn't ready for something like this. 
because it, you know it's almost like you can hear people's minds blow. And the same thing with like a Noe film, with like watching Love with a Crowd. The people there's going to be your walkouts, and then there's going to be people who are like, "Well, I've never seen anything like this before." Yeah, and there's something <laughs> great about it. Well, and that's what I did like about like this movie not not leaning into the tropes mm-hmm. that we're so used to when we think about a fairy tale. We think about it, it's like, oh, we're gonna meet the bad guy and this and that, and it's like, and nobody was quite, and that, so that almost. Well, I don't worked. think anyone was evil. Really? No, and that's what, and that's what was interesting too is like no one's quite what they seem, and everyone kind of shifts around. I will say though, the one which seemed like she was legitimately going out at night and stealing jewels. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they just don't really touch on it, but it, she definitely like goes up, covers or her face, are... and then comes back with bags of like stuff. Well, she's got a, she's greedy. She's definitely very greedy. Yeah, I mean that's probably pretty evil. Stealing which is probably how she got <laughs> trapped into her thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, I did, and there's been a couple movies lately that I've seen that have done, like, great things to surprise me. Like, uh, I just saw The Art of Self-Defense. I love that film. Holy shit. Have you seen it? I still have to see it. I I won't spoil anything. No, we're not doing a thing. But it's, like, it's one of those movies where it's just, like, it's constantly doing the most daring thing it can do. Mm -hmm. And you sit there, I, I, when I came home from watching it, the next morning my wife asked me if I saw, like, the movie I saw, I'm like, I have never... I don't think my jaw has dropped so many times. Well, because they also sold it as a karate comedy. Yeah. Yeah, in <laughs> such a short period, I was just constantly going, you can't possibly be committing to this. Okay. <laughs> We're going there now. Yeah. Every, it's just, that one's like a master class in like... Reversing expectations. Reversing expectations and then just going to this place that you don't think they'll go because they're basically constantly like blowing up the wall behind them mm-hmm. and now they've got to go somewhere else. It's great. In such a weird way. Yep. Uh, and I don't know, and that's another one where I'm like, I don't know if I ever need to see that movie again. Because it'll never give me the same joy I got out of the first time. And the weird thing is, is uh, if Jesse Eisenberg took that performance and applied it to his Lex Luthor, his performance for, as Lex Luthor would be better. That's a very fair, <laughs> yeah. I haven't seen the movie. Anyway, yet. it's, uh, yeah. Uh, and then I just speaking. saw, which I know you've see, seen too, Justin, because uh, we are friends on Facebook. Um, oh, and I post about everything. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. I just saw it. Like, it just came out. It's uh, Christian Bruin and Mark O'Brien are in it. Oh, yeah. Ready or not. Ready or not. Yeah. She saw it, too. Yeah. She was there. Yeah. So, yeah. right. And so it's, it's not quite... Did you see it, too? No, i just seen the trailer, which seemed to really yeah. go in-depth. of what. By the, the time this podcast launches, it'll yeah. have been far out yeah, for yeah, a while, yeah. and hopefully everyone goes to see it, because it's one of those indie films that... I hope breaks out because it's so fucking well, interesting. Well, it's Fox Searchlight. I don't call it that indie. Well, yeah, but it yeah. was... Yeah, but you look at it, it's like there's no real big name stars Well, in it, it is Daniel Beckerman and it's a Canadian... Yeah. Quote, Brody. But, yeah, Adam Brody's in it. But, yeah. No, but he's not an A-lister. Yeah. No. There's no, it's not like... It's an indie film. Let's what's her on. name from Cube? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. No, it's great. It's, full, it's, it's got tons of Canadian stars in it, but it's definitely like a, an American indie. Mm-hmm. You know, it's by no means a, a big budget uh, no, film. No, it isn't. But it's a but it's great. It's really smart and it's clever, and uh, and it's simple. Mm-hmm. But it's like but it's execution is like, it's like I walked out of that movie, and I think my my comment on Twitter was like, this movie should not fucking work. Like yeah, the yeah, setup yeah. for this movie is so over the top and unbelievable. But every they make it work and they and they explain everything in a sense that I buy it. I buy all of the stuff that I should not buy because uh, the casting is so strong. And just the execution, I'm like, yeah, I buy into it all. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it's great, but mm-hmm. so without getting any spoilers. So back to this. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. but any any final thoughts on this? Because I think uh, again, it's one of those movies. I think I just need to revisit. Yeah, to unpack yeah further. I'm, I'm definitely going to watch the dub version later. Mm-hmm. Um, Me too. Because I do feel like, and I've heard specifically for like Nausicaa and other ones, like if you do take a look at like listening to what the dub is versus what they've put in the subtitles, you actually might miss out on certain things. Like they kind of fill in some gaps by with the dub. Yeah. Or, and it's not even just like story points. It's just like the sentence actually f- gives a f- more full picture of what's going on. Cause they're not, well, it's not, cause direct, it's not like a direct, it's not a direct translation. Yeah, it's right? just no, like, Oh, what are they trying to get across for, here? Yeah. Well, then, over my, um, my brother-in-law, uh, was over here for Christmas last year and I was watching and re-watching a bunch of Kurosawa films and he mm-hmm. sat down and watched them with me and he's like, do you want, to hear, you want me to tell you what they're really saying? Yeah. I was like, yes, please. <laughs> and so he was like filling in. He's like, actually, this is what the translation of this is. He's it's pretty close. He's like, whoever's translating this for Criterion is doing a pretty good job, but they're missing like 
small intonations that you actually can't translate because you, you were watching with subtitles on though, or we were. I was watching yeah. with subtitles, right. but he was sitting beside me, going like tra- and mm. translating and going, you know, this is what they're really, this is what they're really trying to get across, but there's no real word for that mm-hmm. in English. So they, so they're doing the best they can, but it's more of a complex thing they're trying to communicate. But that's like the simplified version of it, right? And I feel like that granny thing might fall victim to there's just a couple moments that I feel like I know that like even though we're not getting the exact thing like they're gonna find some kind of analog for English speakers so that you're like oh that's what's going on I think there and this is from something else but I think it's true it's like I think in is it there's like 25 different words for snow Sure, right. Yeah, so it's not Japanese. Yeah, that's, that's what it is, because it's not yeah. Japanese. But it's, it's the same kind of thing where it's just like, oh, depending on how you feel about a certain thing, you talk about it in a different way. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. I think it's a certain way, too. And, and, but it's interesting when we think about that. I always thought that concept when I first heard that, that it's like when someone was trying to translate something uh, from their language for me, and they're like, oh, there's, there's, you guys don't have a word for that. And I'm like, what do you, what do you mean? <laughs> like, people make up words all the time. Make up a new word yeah. and make it mean that. And then that blew my mind that there was like a word in another language that we don't have a, a direct translation for. Mm-hmm. And then just the concept of like being able to communicate something, not being able to communicate something that another culture or country experiences. I'm like, that's such a bizarre thing. And mm-hmm. I love that. And, I, and then how you could apply that to like something like this in, in, the, in a grander scope. Like, can you imagine if like you kind of deconstructed the idea that it's like some other culture didn't understand what the word love meant? Right. You know, or hate or something like that. Is like, or they understand what the word love means, but when they say, oh, that's love, they're not talking about romantic love. They're talking about love for each other's soul or the the type of love that comes across by when two people meet but they and they care about each other. Like, it's not yeah. specifically to the Western ideal of romantic love. It's, it's the idea of um, mutual, respectful love between two entities or whatever it is. You know, it might not be a romance. They're children, essentially, yeah. right? Like... <laughs> anyway. That's fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's fair. Uh, Ashley, any final thoughts? I think from a from a visual storytelling perspective, it's stunning, and I almost feel like you could watch it without any dialogue, and the story, it's still te- it's still a story, and it's still a full story, and it makes a certain level of sense. And and my confusion with following and keeping up with. Subtitles. Trying to keep it with both at the same time? Yeah, I think I could watch it on mute and I would have a good idea of what was going on. Same reason I want to revisit it in English version. Yeah. Um, just to see what else I take out of it because you keep hitting the nail on the head. There is so much going on. And then I think at the end of it all, I want to come back to the original like this and really get it. Yeah, I definitely think that before I would watch it again, I'd want to read up on some stuff and mm, yeah. and watch some really smart people. Yeah, give, talk me the, about give me their theories. Well, there's probably you could probably watch YouTube deconstruction videos till you're blue in the face on Miyazaki stuff. That's a rabbit hole that's dangerous to go down sometimes, though, because they're all going to be different. Well, that and like the level of film literacy on YouTube goes from incredibly literate to complete morons, and they all make videos. So we just it, gotta find a good Reddit. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> all the opinions would be in that one thread. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you could just fill it. Yeah. And then the ones that are just terrible, there will be like fifteen comments. Like, no, it's not. Yeah, you just gotta look at the you yeah. look at the first fifteen because the upvotes will, will yep. the up and down votes will sort it out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think yeah. to some extent, there's yeah. a little weeding out of that. But uh, but I I do like the idea that there. I don't think there is a like a solid answer. Like I'm sure. In the writers' heads and in Miyazaki's heads, they understand what each moment means. But I also don't want to put the words <coughs> into their into their mouths because it's the same thing with like David Lynch. When you ask him if you were to walk up to David Lynch and go, "What does this scene mean?" He'd go, "Well, what do you think it means?" David Lynch doesn't even know most of his scenes mean. Yeah. you know, and he'll be the first to say that it's yeah. like it came to him and there was some some kind of logic. And for David Lynch, it makes sense, and I'm totally fine with it. Yep. You know, having read his book on meditation and, mm-hmm. and listened to... Have you ever seen his master class? Not yet. Oh, man. It's yeah. a trip. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, same as Herzog's is also equally fucked up in a weird way. Mm-hmm. One of Herzog's... And Herzog was one of the early guys well, before the, it was even a subscription service, the way right. it is now, where you can kind of like pay one price and see them all. One of Herzog's assignments was like, walk 500 miles with nothing but your shoes. 
and, and what you have on you. And that was a legit assignment he wanted people to do for the class. He's never done that. Come on. Oh, I bet you he has. 500 miles? That man ate one of his own shoes because he oh, lost yeah, the no, bet. Oh, yeah, no, and he made a documentary around it. It might have been 50 miles. But the, it might have been 50 miles. And that, but he ate a shoe because he lost a bet. Yeah. Like. <laughs> but but it, it might have been 50, 500. Yeah, 500 is a bit excessive. But it's the idea yeah. of, like, just... With what you've got in your pockets, just go and go for that walk and then write down what it meant to you at the end of it. <laughs> and I know that whatever, he, I'm sure he does that, yeah. not on a weekly basis, Well, but I feel like Herzog, I would you buy it walk he 50 miles that. in a week. <laughs> Herzog can. Okay, yeah. Because <laughs> he can teleport. Every, yeah. <laughs> his teleportation is how you, I've got it. I don't have any Herzog. Yeah, don't try. I'm not even going to attempt. But uh, Herzog is fascinating. I'm not though. Paul F. Tompkins. No, the only thing you need to know, to know to love Herzog is the uh, is that movie he made with Zach um, Zach Penn. Penn. Yeah, the uh, which one? The Loch Ness Monster. It's in the Loch Ness. One. Yeah, yeah. He made two. What was the other one? The Grand. Oh, I haven't seen the Grand. Oh yeah, I haven't seen the Grand. Yeah, yeah, but that one's like you know is a straight up comedy. Yeah. Where Incident the Loch Ness is, has like the the right mockumentary quality mm-hmm. that Herzog just takes up a giant piss on himself. Yep. Where in in the Grand Herzog's acting. Have you seen the Incident the Loch Ness? I have not seen that. It's like, so Zach Penn, who is like, wrote, at that point, he had written like a bunch of X-Men movies. Well, he wrote Last Action Hero. That was the big one. Yeah, Last Action Hero. And then, so it's like, Zach Penn uh, is playing himself, Mm -hmm. and so is Herzog. And it's like, they're making a doc. It's like, they've been paired up together by a studio or someone to make this project together. And they fucking hate each other. And they go out looking for the Loch Ness Monster, basically. It's it's fantastic. (laughs) It's really great. It's one of those... Mockumentaries that I don't think a lot of people know about. Oh, and never that's about great. I've got it. I have a copy. I haven't been able to find a DVD copy. Yeah. I should look again. I haven't looked that hard. I bought it from as used from Blockbuster when I was going out of business. Mm. So. Oh, that's that's and that's, that yeah. I got so much great stuff yep. in those those sad sales where you're, yeah. going, where you're <laughs> going through going. It's amazing. Yeah, I have yeah, access yeah. to all bodies, but that also means these are going to be gone. Yeah. Uh, I got it when back when Zip.ta was a thing. Oh yeah. If you remember that? <laughs> it, was, remember. it was like Canada's It was version. Canada's Netflix, and it lasted for like a year. Or two, yeah, yeah maybe. Yep. But it was like, yeah, it was our mail-in service. Mm. That Blockbuster. I was a member. I, I, I got, I rented from them. <laughs> hey, I, I was a member too, and it's like, you could just burn through movies. If you, if you, and if you figured out the right, like, return and watching... Schedule? Schedule, you had a lot of movies a month. Well, they also had an excellent selection. I mean, yeah. it, it was surprisingly good. Yeah, and they had Criterion stuff, and it was just it was. It oh, it was great! Yeah yeah, 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 I burned through like the like, when Criterion had that block of like the fifty essential art house mm-hmm. films. That's how I watched most of them. Was I just kind of added, and it's also great because most people that are subscribing to Zips on TA are not doing it for the Criterion collection, which means you can get it because nobody's renting it. <laughs> yeah, the thing that sucked about Zip was that it was also it was kind of like the hold system in the in the library, yeah. where it's like you can put it on your list, but you're getting it once. It's available there yeah, yeah. ahead of you, right? So it's not like on Netflix where you're just like, I want to watch this thing, and now I shall. Two <laughs> seconds later. You had to... So that, that was also... There's something beautiful about that, too, going, maybe it'll be available. I have to wait. I don't know what's going to come up next. Mm. You had... It just whatever was going to come was going to come. So there's something kind of fun about that, too, that is, not, is lost now in this, like, I can get whatever I want as soon as I click on it culture. Except you can't get whatever you want as soon as you click on it, because there's now four or five major streaming platforms yep. and some of them have this, some of them have this, some of right. them have this. You no, but, it, but, it, all but if you subscribe to all of them, you can, is what I mean. There's still stuff missing, though. Like you, No, no, I understand. There's still the amount of Blu-rays I buy that aren't available anywhere. There, like, was, a, there was a really great... Um, no, the library. I can't remember whose podcast. I'm just like, today I'm just like yeah. <laughs> recommending podcasts I can't actually link you to. But there was a great podcast that people talked about that the idea that all these, these, there's all these movies that are kind of lost in digital mm-hmm. format that they haven't been upgraded. Not even just digital format, on VHS that never made it to DVD. Yeah, because nobody, nobody knows who owns them now. Yeah. And, and hmm. just it's the same um, Sam Furstenberg who's a director who made like American Ninja 1 and 2 and uh, Ninja 3 The Domination and anyway I met him last year uh, in Helsinki and he's got this movie called Riverbend which uh, was made in like 88 or 89 and it's uh, it would probably do very well on a re-release right now and he's got a VHS copy on his shelf but he has no fucking idea who owns the prints and who owns the actual rights. So he it couldn't be re-released if he wanted to. And it was a Canon film. And when Canon broke died, they broke up between Warner Brothers and MGM. So it's probably in the Warner archive. 
but the Warner Archive is sealed, and essentially they only release like a few titles a year. It's terrifying. Yeah, I mean now it's easy because us as filmmakers, we can I, we can just be like, I will make sure I have a digital 4K copy yeah. on multiple hard drives, so that way if my distributor mm-hmm. ever goes to fuck. And usually when you sign your rights off now on an indie film, it, it wasn't like the '80s where you signed everything to one company for 25 years or whatever. Yeah, you, you know, you signed it for seven years to the U.S. You've signed it to your sales agents only for sales rights, and it's like. You will get your rights back eventually. Yeah, I mean, provided one, you preserve it. Yeah, and the yeah. one nice thing with digital filmmaking is is that it forces you to make like multiple backups because well, you, you don't migrate them too. Otherwise, you, like hard drives die like old. Yeah, film, exactly. Right? Yeah. So you have to have multiples and you have to move them yeah. around because otherwise. But it, but just we're so we're more used to that now. Mm. We're just like things. We just I think people of the, of the generation before us just assumed things would last forever. Oh yeah, and, they, and didn't <laughs> think worry about having a print. Like, yeah. what, how, how many well, filmmakers that's, had prints that, of their own films, yeah, right? exactly. It wasn't necessarily an expense. Well, John McNaughton, he's got a pristine print of The Borrower at his place, which is the movie he made after Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. He can't do anything with it because Warner has it. Yeah. Like, but I mean, for us, it's easy. Yeah. It's like, for the, for a hundred bucks, we yeah. can have, like, a, a hard drive that has a print of, our mm-hmm. highest quality print of our film. Yep. You know, it's like, for a hundred bucks, but that own, a, like, a 35 or a 16 millimeter print of your film... You gotta it's preserve it. You it's gotta, gotta cost yeah. more. It's gonna cost more than that. Yeah. You gotta keep it in like the right temperature and mm-hmm. the right all that kind of shit, right? Storage vault somewhere, and yeah, yeah it's uh, <laughs> it is scary the amount of stuff we're just gonna gradually lose. But I guess on a on an existential level, everything we do will be forgotten eventually. So <laughs> it's true. It's true. In the like, we're a, we're a blink in a fucking we're a tiny grain of sand in a vast beach already, and we're a blink in terms of the scope of the actual existence, and even the, the entire history of film is uh, what a hundred years, years or so. Yeah, exactly. Which is nothing in the history of the Earth, and the Earth is one planet in when millions of possible exoplanets with life. So if you want to get really existential about it, everything we do is just trivia for the short term and doesn't matter. Oh, I agree. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. when, I, when I used to work on bad reality, yeah. Yeah. when I used yeah. to work on bad reality shows, yeah. and, and people were getting really serious about story turns and arcs, I was mm-hmm. like, you know, we're just like fighting over stuff that's going to like air between commercials for ash cream, right? Yeah. Like we know this, right? Yeah. Like. Can we just go home at, like, a decent time tonight? Because I, we're fighting over, like, reality television right now. Yep. On shows nobody probably remembers, or, like, what, what, like, I'm not... I, I'm like, I don't know, I should have yeah, the shows yeah, they're yeah. on. They, they yeah. help pay for my house. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> but it's, like, but it's stuff where it's just, like, these are, these are things that people watch where they fold laundry. Mm-hmm. Like, let's not, yeah. let's not take ourselves too seriously here. Well, I'm sure some people get really invested in, in those... I don't know. There's always no, but it's all great. But, but it's like, but to your point, is like as someone, you know, as a filmmaker too, I have those moments too, where it's just like you, you can get so like locked in and serious about some things, mm-hmm. and then go and then really, really fight for things that you go, does this really, really matter? And then it's like, and then there is that fine line. It's like, no, there has to be some integrity over some of these things. But then other things you have to go. Yeah, at the end of the day, yeah. I'm the only one that's going to know if we made this choice or that choice, and this choice might a make people safer or more protected or whatever than mm-hmm. if we do this other thing that I really want to do, but it's going to be either dangerous or ridiculously expensive for the production, and yeah. nobody's going to know that we would have done it if I just say it's okay now. Mm-hmm. It's a fine <laughs> line, man. <laughs> Look at us. We're getting into some shit here at the yeah, end. Yeah, and on that note, and on that what note, an uplifting, strange film. And, no, I really yeah. liked it. <laughs> no, and I'm, and I'm glad we were able yeah. to watch it. It's, it's yeah. such a... It's, it's been on my list of something... I think even back when I first came out in film school and I won the Oscars, I was like, oh, I should watch that. Yeah. And then I didn't. I, yeah. I was sure I rented it in the early... Uh, I was early convinced there was a fucking horse in this movie. Yeah. For some well, reason... I was thinking... I felt like you well, were talking this, about that Matt Damon Spirit of the Cimarron movie. No, I... Oh. I think it was a movie called The Spirit. <laughs> yeah, there was, there was movie some movie Spirit of, Yeah, that's the one he's talking about. Spirit, no, like, yeah. a, like an anime movie? Yeah. yeah. Well, it's, it's animated. Not, it's, it's, not, it's not Japanese. It's not anime. It's not... It is, uh, it is a cartoon but and in, there's um, very little dialogue in Princess Mononoke... The Isn't lead character. Well, there's a big wolf. Yeah. But the lead character rides this giant elk thing. That's like a oh, horse. I don't know, man. I swear, there's a there's a, a Ghibli movie that has a cover that's just a girl on a horse. Yeah, that's Princess Mononoke, but she's on a wolf. And that's not that guy. Okay. <laughs> I will figure it out, and I, I will. I there will, is. I will post about it. I'm pretty I will sure find, there isn't. There's an there's an image in my head. There's like a one sheet in my head. I can't wait for it to be the Matt yeah. Damon movie. It yeah. might be. Yeah. <laughs> I, I clearly haven't seen it. 
So it's I've like, definitely not seen that. I will look. I will You're try probably to look thinking it up. of like Fern Gully, even though I don't think there's a horse. It's in that. not Fern Gully, and, it's, and it's not Miyazaki. There's just a bunch yeah. of great characters. Yeah. No, it's yeah. definitely in this style yeah. of anime. It's like that right. kind of animation. And so. there's a horse, eh? A hundred percent a horse. Okay. Well, the next it's time, a white horse. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Hold on. You're gonna look it up. You're yes. gonna look up. I'm gonna look up the spirit of the Cimarron. I'm not gonna look up. I anime, don't know look up. white horse. This the next time we do an anime, we should do a Satoshi Khan film and see the whole other side of what Japanese animation can be. Like what are you, what are you googling? Or, Just the the title of this yeah. movie? Yeah, because if it, not never story. <laughs> I don't think it's a never ending story. It's not never ending story. That's live action. Yeah. Yeah. And the there, are they remaking that? It's about the white horse. What okay, a, never mind. No, this. I thought it was a black horse. It's not. Ugh. This is what I. This is what I just kept thinking. That's not it. Spirit. No. <laughs> That's definitely. S- I doubt. Spirit it. stallion of the Cimarron. I will Hold find. on a second. Hold on. Oh, what are we doing now? Oh, I, we're in the well, middle of a podcast. Like anime. Anime. All right, I'm gonna <laughs> sign us off because. Yeah, yeah. I think this know, is the end. This is the end. Now. Yeah, we're now looking. We're googling shit just to embarrass me. Yep, pretty much. Yeah. Okay. I wasn't trying to embarrass you. I just wanted. No, to no, no. I don't know what this thing is, but it's clearly someone's screaming, watching this, going, "Is this you, dumb shit?" Uh, I think they're skimming at all of us. Are though. you just typing an anime <laughs> horse and see if I, I can for, re- recognize something? Anime horse. Is it that thing? No, it's not or- your goddamn elk. I told you that already, <laughs> Justin. <laughs> all right, I'm, I'm calling this quits. We're done. Okay. Right. Thank you for coming over. No problem. Thank you very much for having us. Thanks for joining us for Spirited Away. Black Hole Films is a proud member of the That Shelf Podcast Network. You can listen to other episodes of our show and other That Shelf podcasts on thatshelf.com. Please subscribe, leave comments, spread the word, do all the things that let others know you like the show and how they can check it out. You can find me on Twitter, at Lon Jeremy, and go to Facebook and join the group Black Hole Films. And until next time, go watch something you've never seen before. Thanks. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat.